Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. A proposal that children should be weighed and measured in schools to help tackle raised childhood obesity has triggered a massive backlash on social media. Weight loss expert Dr. Ava Orsman said Ireland should follow the UK's example with a national child measurement programme. However, her suggestion has sparked fears of body shaming and of driving children towards eating disorders. She said, I think it's very important that we would set up something similar in Ireland, she said. I have been saying it for years because in my home country, Finland, I was weighed during my school years. It was normal. Nobody thinks that it's fat shaming or anything, anything like that. Now, by the way, we did try and get Dr. Avon, but she's busy. But I remember it in school, by the way. When I was in school, we were weighed. When I was a kid in school, we used to be weighed. There's nothing, there's nothing new about this. We stopped doing it, I think, around the early 80s. I don't know why we stopped doing it. But we used to get weighed. It was quite an unusual situation. We did get, I, remember, I remember going in to get weighed. But the former Operation Transformation consultant said, I've already seen in my clinics children at a very young age having fatty livers, high cholesterol and high blood pressure. That's not good. She encouraged parents to talk to their doctors and compare their children to Ireland's standardised growth chart. That is how you know what you're dealing with. Because unfortunately, she, she, she said, we have a lo- lost vision of what a normal child looks like. The World Health Organization has warned that childhood obesity is now one of the most serious public health concerns of the 21st century. Between 1975 and 2016, the percentage of Irish uh, five-year-olds classed as obese has risen from 1.2% to 11.3% for boys and 10.1% for girls. And you know what the reason for that is? Junk food. Convenient food. That's the reason for it. But Dr. Orsman comments angrily um, uh, that, or she angered to say the clinical psychologist Mark Smith on Twitter he wrote this is horrendous irresponsible and dangerous you'd help children more by not body shaming them on this platform or not, and not platforming this in other words censorship that old great word isn't it censorship let's just censor people we don't agree with Joe you're spot on the money there by the way let's just censor people we don't agree with would you support this idea would you be okay with your children being weighed in schools? The idea was floated but before, but nothing actually materialised. Many people said that weighing children could lead to them being obsessed with their weight and could lead, uh, or could lead eating disorder, or to eating disorders and bullying. However, some say that parents need to be aware of their children's weight. So the idea is here, okay? And I remember James Riley, he was Minister for Health at the time, he suggested it, I think, at one stage, is that when a child starts school in their first year, at some point, they have a day where, well, not even a day, they can just take children out of the class one by one. All of them, not just the kids that you think might be overweight. And you measure their height, their weight, you know, and their general health. Take their temperature, stuff like that. Okay? And you don't make a, like if a kid is overweight, you don't make a big deal of it. You don't say, oh, look at you. Oh, James, would you look more look at that? Bit of fat there? You don't do anything like that. A district health nurse or public health nurse would be there. She just takes notes. And then, Taking the child's height and weight, if they are deemed to be dangerously overweight for their age, a letter is sent to their parents saying, listen, we weighed your child on such and such a date. We noticed that their BMI is a little bit high and worded in a nice way. Here's a guideline and a little bit of a leaflet on healthy eating, blah, 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 blah. And then in a year's time, they weigh the children and maybe again. And if that child is getting worse, well, then they write to the parents again. But if, the par- if it's falling on deaf ears and the parents are doing nothing about it, well, then maybe social services will step in. And I'm not suggesting taking the child off them. 
but say, well, hold on a second, your child is becoming grossly overweight now. You've got to do something about this. And that, it, it's a kind of softly, softly approach to try and help people because we've got a problem and try and hint to people. Maybe not so much shame the child, but shame the parents into making sure the child is healthy and a healthy eater. Because it's all too easy, isn't it? You know, life is very convenient now. We can nip into takeaways and all that kind of thing. I do it myself all the time. You know, it's convenient because, you know, we're all under time pressure. But what I'm saying to you is, like, if you allowed your child to have an eating disorder and you encouraged that eating disorder, you know, by buying large two-litre bottles of Coke and, you know, chips and fish from the chipper every single day of the week and filling them full of stuff that's going to basically pile on the weight... You were setting them up for a lifetime of health problems. You might as well put a cigarette in their mouth. Honestly. What would you do if you saw a parent putting a cigarette in a child's mouth and lighting it? You'd be horrified. But yet you will watch a parent stuff a child with food when they're, when they're grossly overweight. And you, you think, ah, somebody else's business but theirs. That's the way we think about it, isn't it? I want to know if you think it's a good idea to weigh children in school. Now, you won't have a choice in it, by the way. You get a letter home saying your child will be weighed the next day. There's no choice. It's not a big deal. Let me know what you think. Some people disagree with it. Uh, the number is 87 188 Nigel. Hi, how are you? Nigel, you disagree with the idea of this. What comes out of a bull's ass, Nigel? What? What comes out of a bull's ass? Shite. Bullshit. Why? Absolutely not the right place for a Nigel. Why? Not, because not, it's not. Well, where is the right place? You may, hang on. You made a statement a few minutes ago, right? When you were introducing all this, right? You said, we got weighed in school. We yep. didn't mind. We didn't think. You got fucking, you got bet in school as well. Was that okay? Ah, uh, there's a big difference of being weighed in bet. No, 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 no. Ah, come on. Don't be so shit. No, no, you're, you're a sensible you're man. Bringing it, you're bringing it back. You're bringing it back to the 60s, 70s, 80s, when, when a lot of things happened in school that shouldn't have happened. And it's the same. It's the exact same now. Absolutely not, Miles. I work. You know for a fact where I work in a school. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got three young kids that go to school in primary school. Yeah. Okay. And I've got it, my eldest son is in college. Yeah. Absolutely not. I'm not. I'm not saying you strip them all down in a line in their underwear or I something. I know like. that. I know that. And you know. I know, you know yeah, I know that. Yeah. So I know that. And no child is going to know that. You, I mean, the nurse is not going to write down fatso. And yet, and say to the child, your man, Dan, needs to stop you from eating them burgers. I'm not, everything is done properly and legitimately and with a softly, softly approach. And if, it, if it's noticed that a child is in a dangerous situation and is quite overweight, which a lot of children sadly are. Niall, 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 can I just stop you? Sorry. Yeah. If, you, if, yeah. if, it's, if it's absolutely abundant that a child is overweight and looks overweight, there's no need to weigh him. There's no can still go home, Niall without putting them under the pressure or putting them on a weighing scale. It's, 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 it's like... But you, yeah, have, but you want to be accurate it. about it. You don't want to be just guessing people's weight. No, no. But you, 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 you wouldn't be putting... Surely you're not going to send home the, the, you know what I mean, the stones and pounds. You know what I mean? No, you would. In a letter. You know, like, why, why not? Your, chi- your child... Dear, dear Mr. Or Mrs. Nigel... Nigel, Nigel yeah, but you would have said... That you know, it has to be worded rightly and yeah. correctly. You know, yeah. Your child is seventy stone seven and three ounces. And <laughs> they're coming out now. Come, no, come no, on. no. Hold on, hold come on, on. dear Mister, dear Mister, Mrs. Nigel. Yeah. Your child Johnny is, yeah. you know, I don't know, uh, six stone two or whatever. It's not stones yeah. anymore. It's pounds whatever. and kilograms nowadays. Right? Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The average weight for a child of that age of that height is 
I don't know, uh, four stone seven. Uh, your child exceeds the BMI range and will be classed in the bracket as uh, obese. Uh, here are some suggestions. We've included some suggestions for good, healthy eating for a child of that age. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, and keep well, keep safe. What's the harm? Thank, thank What's the harm? Much. Thank you very much, but I'll look after that. Yeah, okay, and then you look after them. That's fine. You look yeah. after it. But what's the harm in doing that? No, for me, it shouldn't happen. Not certainly not. Certainly not in primary school. Certainly not before. Five, if, if your six, child, seven, eight, if your old. child of nine years of age was in the yard and had a cigarette yeah. in his mouth lighting, would you expect the school to tell you? A little bit different. Man. No, well, no, hold, no. Hang on, it's a not. Little what, bit no, di- hang on. Would you expect the school to tell you? Of course you would. Because it's well, dangerous and it's neglectful and if they didn't tell you, right? So what I'm saying to you is, if you have a young child and your child, I'm not talking about a child with a bit of puppy fat on them, by the way, right? Your child is grossly overweight and you have a young... Which is quite popular in, 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 in a private school setting. Okay, but I'm just saying, if they're grossly overweight and you have a young child and yeah. you are not feeding them properly or you are buying convenient foods all the time and litres of Coke and all sorts of carry-on or whatever the hell it is, right? Yeah, yeah. And their child is getting no exercise, etc., etc. You are setting that child up for a lifetime full of health problems. I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that for one second. Right. So you might as well... I wouldn't, I wouldn't so you might as well Niall, stick Niall, a cigarette Niall, in their Niall, mouth. My, my issue here... Hang on, hang on. I'm only, I'm only trying, to, trying to answer the, the, the question I was asked from the topic you have posed, which is... Is it the position of the school to make the parents aware? My only question is, my only question, like, I've, not, I've got no problem whatsoever now with saying that if your child or children or, you know, whatever they, how many kids you've got are in that bracket, by all means it's on you to sort it out. But what I'm saying to you is, not through schools. In my opinion. In my opinion, not through the school system. I think it's... it's so who system, says it? Well, the then who says system. it? If a parent is in denial... And, and well, by the way, GP, Niall, for argument's sake. Well, hold on. The GPs Niall. in the UK were told not to say it as well. But if a parent is in denial, and, and maybe not denial, but sometimes you don't notice it on your own child, just like you don't notice your own Niall, child growing. Niall, 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 you Niall, don't. Niall, how many kids have you got? You've got three, haven't you? Three, yeah. yeah. You've got three, haven't you? Yeah. I've got four. Mm. Right? If I had a child in that bracket, okay... And I didn't know it. Well, that, that is down to me. That is bad parenting. That is nothing to be putting the kid to. That's something that I need to start out. But a school is not just about... We talk about school all the time. School is a very important place, by the way. It's not just about education. And that, no, that's where they are me living. I know, yeah. And you, So you know that a school is not just to educate a child. A no, school, it's, it's to prepare a child for life. And, yeah. and and it teaches them. I mean, they do programs on healthy eating in school, all that kind of stuff. Because I remember my kids used to go home years ago. They started that when they come home with a, the little bowl of fruit and, and vegetables. We still have it now, though. We still have yeah. I, 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 me, I, me, 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 two middle kids in, in primary school. And the same thing. They get their lunches daily. Yeah. You know, and the same thing. And it's, and it's, it's, it's healthy living, coordinated. You know, it's yeah. all designed, which is great. 
Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. So, but so a school is not uh, is not just about education. It's about teaching a child to have social skills, to be healthy, to be fit. You Life know, bring them cycling, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so that, that is part of the school's responsibility. That is part of education. Education is not just about academia. The, the Constitution says every child has a right to education. And education is about learning to live and learning to look after yourself as you get older, too. So that's absolutely. a lot of that absolutely. is the parents', parents responsibility. Absolutely. Ultimately. But in saying that, the, the schools have a huge responsibility, too, when they see something wrong to intervene. And they do on a regular basis. If, it's, if, if a child, for example, was coming to school... Oh, what you're saying, no, okay, let me, let me give you another example. A child oh, is coming okay. to school every day, right? And yeah, they're, they're, when, they, when they see something wrong. Yeah, I, I know. When they're, and they're a know, good student, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. They're a good student. And all of a sudden, that student becomes very quiet and goes into themselves. And the teacher, if it's a good teacher, might say to the little child, is everything okay? And if that child turns around and says, no, it's not. My mom and dad are arguing a lot and they hit me. That, that teacher then has a responsibility. Yes, so absolutely. and so it is absolutely. the school's responsibility to, or if they notice nits in a child's hair, which is quite common nowadays. If they notice, <laughs> tell, me, no, tell me about it, man. Tell me about it. Oh, I remember oh, it when I remember oh, it when mine oh, were younger. Oh, Jesus right Christ away. Almighty, my daughter. Smell that fuck that smell that And my daughter had my daughter had hair down to her ass, right? And thick, you have thick hair. hair. You can forget, oh, you can forget. And I'd be sitting there with that comb, you know, that little comb. And she'd be crying and I'd be going, please, uh, oh, Mia, it won't be much longer, I promise. Called, no, what did you call it? Was it Pronto. A Pronto. A fine-tooth comb. Yeah. Well, fine that, yeah, and the stuff was called Pronto that you'd put into there. Pronto, and it makes you sick fucking Pronto. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is that the teacher, if the teacher noticed that your kid was scratching all the time, they would tell you. They would tell the parents this. They called yeah, them but Niall, 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 I, I, I would go back to what I said in the beginning. All right, I don't fully... I don't fully disagree with when a teacher or or, or or a school, let's say, you know, sees something amiss with a child or, yeah. or, or kids, that they, you know, in some way approach the parents or parents or whatever it is and try to make some sort of thing. But what I'm saying to you is, in my opinion, for what it's worth, is that... <laughs> are, we, are we going to concentrate on what's perfect for a six-year-old or what's perfect for an eight-year-old, or what's perfect for a ten-year-old. I'd be going to say every ten-year-old in the country has to be forced on seven or six. No, 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 hang on. No, I'm not... You know, by the way, you know, I, but I would be the first one to tell you people should never be ashamed. Be. No, 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 hang on. Hang on for a second, Nigel. Everybody should, be, everybody should be proud of their own body, but... And, and and there's no perfect shape. I don't agree with this normal, that's the way a person should look. Okay, well, Everybody should be happy with the way they look, right? But what I'm saying to you is that you do have to be conscious, particularly with a young child, that if they are very overweight, that it can lead to health problems. And absolutely. and that's and if you don't agree with that, we're in denial then. We're all, we all have a problem. No, as a parent, especially if you're a single man or a single woman and you don't agree with it, that's your own business. Absolutely. As a parent... Which both of us are. Yeah. If you disagree with that within the If you're right over eighteen, you do what you want with yourself. I absolutely. don't care. That's your absolutely. that's your issue. Absolutely. absolutely. Okay, we'll, we'll stay there for a second because Marion, you're on Ireland's classic kids. How you doing, Marion? How are you? I, I'm good, Marion. Now nobody's going to agree with me tonight for some reason. Nigel doesn't agree with me, and he doesn't obviously doesn't agree with Dr. Ava Orsmond or uh, some previous health ministers who've suggested this before. You don't agree with it either, no? No, um, no, I'm not saying, I'm up for correction here, I'm not going to present myself with some know-it-all, but um, I'm going to assume when a, a child is genuinely obese, 
they will have underlying problems and there will be somebody that is frequently... Underlying problems? Yeah, underlying medical conditions. Ah, would Just let me finish. Okay. So they would be frequently visiting, um, say, a GP or a medic or even in and out of hospital for another reason. So that's the job of the medic. No, Um, no. There's a very small. It's a very small percentage of people who are overweight have a medical condition. Very small percentage. That's an excuse used by people. No, 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 no. I mean, leads to problems. It's going to be blatantly obvious. Now, if, as you said, the takeaway meals and everything else. If by sending, say, a nurse from the HSE into the school to weigh the child. If those parents are neglectful anyway, do you think they're going to listen to the nurse? But they might. They might. They might, I, they I might if they get a little letter if home. You're ne- if you're neglectful and don't care, um, another argument I'm going to put to you, what if that child's in the creche all day? And especially during the winter months. You know, you're, when, all you're doing is giving, you're making excuses here. I know, I know. I'm you are, you're in medical like, conditions, for, for creches. Example, no, but I'm saying, what if this child is in the creche all day? What if, what if? But it doesn't, no, but but it doesn't do matter. There are children in that creche all day. So I what know. what are those parents going to do? But, it, but the, it doesn't matter where they are. The parents are ultimately responsible for, you know, their child's health. I agree so, with you, Niall. Yeah. I agree with you. So it doesn't matter whether they're they in the creche no, or medical condition or whatever it is. I agree with you, I have to go on a minute. I'll just finish by saying, I fully understand that if a child... Is a, obesity is a bigger killer in this country as like as a lot of things, mm. especially for young for children. Kids. Yeah, I, I see. Yeah, well, I see. I work in a secondary school, so I see kids of, of 13, 14, 15, right up to eighteen, nineteen when they leave school, struggling with their weight. And I do agree. I fully agree. As I said to Ashley on, on, on the phone, I fully agree. You know that something needs to be done. I just don't think it needs to be done through the school process. That's all. Okay, Nigel, I know you have to go there. Sorry, Marion, continue what you're saying. I do apologise. I I want to give you an example. Um, My daughter's autism, right? So we're in this routine. We have to go out walking at four o'clock every evening. Okay. Now, the thing is, my daughter's at home. She's not in the creche. So I'm able to go walking with my child. Mm. But those parents that are working, where are they going to have the time to fit it in? What about it? Are you, are you t- but hang on, hang on, hang on. No, but are you telling me that you're you're saying because a parent doesn't have time for their child, that's some sort of excuse as to why their child might no, not be I'm healthy? No, excuse Well, I'm sorry, Marion, with the greatest respect, make time. But Niall, I'm saying to you, where are, what what will those parents do if they're not even mind their own children to do anything? Whereas during the daytime, actually, my son. Um, he was asthmatic growing up and um, we would have had him on steroids quite frequently and of course you know that can create the appetite and it did lead to overweight now we done everything possible but I was here to work on that child that's what made the difference and we were in cooperation with school and the hospital I mean I, I, under, no, under no circumstances would I suggest that you should ever shame a child or shame anybody by the way for being overweight no. right and and that is not what I'm suggesting but we have to be I know you're not we have to that. be honest with ourselves and say that particularly in children when we look at the figures that between 1975 and 2016 the percentage of Irish five year olds uh, class for, as obese rose from 1.2% to 11.3% that is that is concerning 
That is really yeah. a concerning figure. Now, I believe now the figure is close to one in five, right, is right. obese. Now, those children, we're sadly looking at a generation going forward where right. our generation will outlive the next generation because we were healthier. And, yeah. and a lot of that is to do nowadays with fast food, sugar, yeah. you know, in Cokes. And, right. Yeah, it's the food that ah. they're eating, pizzas, all this kind of stuff, the, the, the convenient food. Now, that's all well and good for some children because their metabolism doesn't, you know, take yeah, it, it's, absorb it's, it's, it away others. Different. Yeah, but, but some kids, unfortunately, are going to struggle with that. And it is the responsibility, ultimately, of parents to monitor their own children because if you don't, you are being neglectful as a we parent are, because you have a job to do. So, I mean, but, and as I said, and I stick with what I said, the analogy, that if you saw a parent stuffing food into a child that was overweight, right, in your local McDonald's or something like that, and, you, and you're going, oh, jeez, now one of the child is overweight. But you wouldn't say anything. But if you saw a parent put a cigarette in a 13-year-old's mouth or a 12-year-old's mouth, you'd be horrified. You're doing exactly the same thing because that child will continue to have health problems throughout their lives if you allow them to continue to be grossly overweight. I'm not shaming anybody. Oh, no, I mean, I everybody should be everybody should be proud of what they are and who they are. We all come in different shapes and sizes. You know what I mean? I tend not to change shape in my whole life. I've been the same size and same weight since Look I was born, right? But in saying that, some people bounce back and forward. That's fine. And, you know, a yeah. few curves are nice too and sexy too on a woman as well if I want to be sexist about the whole thing. But what I'm saying is there's a point that people get to where it just becomes a heart attack waiting to happen. And and that's not where I want to see children growing up to. Yes, but I'm saying to you, it's not the responsibility of the, of the state to be sending somebody into school mm. to be weighing the children all the time. And another thing, you, I'm about a decade younger than you. And like back in our time, what were we doing in the evenings? We were out playing on the road and not stuck on devices either. So the, you, 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 you pointed out the increase in obesity since when we were kids versus now, that's a lot to do with it. And the, uh, as you said, the fast foods plays a major role. And those, the neglectful parents um, will just be neglectful. They won't listen to the school and they won't care. What, what it will lead to is, I'm just looking, I was just saying to your researcher, this evening um, a person I know from home, she's a severely disabled child, and he was due to go in and have an operation on his very painful hip. Again, it's called off. So when it comes to the state doing the actual job of, of taking care of these kids, you'll be just on a waiting list. And they won't do the job and nobody responsible for anything. And by the way, again, I want to reiterate, <clears throat> pardon me, it's not that I want a nasty letter sent home or anybody no, no, would like. No, and, that, know, and by the I way, know. can I say, by the way, this is not being suggested because somebody texted in and says, now when are they starting this? They're not starting it, right? It was Dr. Ava Orsman that suggested it, but they did suggest it in government going back about four or five, maybe about six years ago. James Riley was the Minister for Health at the time, I think, when they suggested yeah, they, yeah. Made, they were thinking about a national programme like that. And it's not just about weight. It was about all sorts of things, making sure the children had their inoculations, and as we used to do years ago in schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, but yeah. it's not sending a nasty letter home. Everybody would get the letter home and your letter would just say, you know, a child of your age and height should be this way. Your child is that way. Here's an old leaflet on some healthy eating. 
That's all it is. A bit of advice for parents because nobody wants to see... We don't want a generation of children growing up with diabetes, growing up with heart conditions, uh, growing up with the, the biggest killers. Leave COVID aside. You know, heart condition is a much bigger killer in this world than COVID would ever be. So we don't want children growing up with all those ailments when they grow when they get older. Yeah, but I'm just going, like, again, my children's going to national school and two's done, the, the, the one's 22, the other is 19. And I remember throughout their entire time in national school, we were always getting letters home. They were always doing programs in regards to healthy eating, the fruit, the mm, vegetables. Yeah, yeah. That's already there now. Oh, no, I know. I know my kids used to get it when they were in school. They used to come home with the fruit and the veg. And the, yeah, bit, the, bits, yeah. the bits of cucumber and all sorts of things. Yeah. Well, stay there for a second because I want to go to Margaret as well. Margaret, you're an Ireland's classic kid. How are you doing, Margaret? I'm good. How are you? Good, Margaret. I mean, I, I, Dr. Ave Orsmond has been kind of taken apart on Twitter over saying this. And, and it's been suggested that she's fat shaming. I don't think she is. I think she just cares. Um, I I suppose like it's not about it's not about fat shaming. It's just basically what it is. I don't agree for children to be weighed in school. Okay. Because simply like children have an awful lot of emotional baggage all the time. Like we realise just when you're a child, you think ch- children are okay, but and they are resilient to a lot of things, but. There's a lot going. There's a lot of underlying conditions going on in, in every family life. You know, there's break up of marriages, and it does affect children. Absolutely. There's, there's also like we'll say like it's not neglect on the part of parents because some parents are absolutely wonderful parents. Like like I'm only reflecting on my own life now because like my marriage broke up and like my girls were emotionally from the whole thing do you know what I mean and it was just very difficult I know my and marriage broke like, up too I know what it's like yeah, trust me like, it's, very, it's very difficult but like I used to be just kind of putting food in front of them in, in, in absolute I was an autopilot mm-hmm. do you know what I mean I wasn't kind of thinking about healthy food and it wasn't neglect because I love my children and still do and always will but I just think basically like having the kids enough now to deal with in life without going into school grade but, yeah but they're, they're not, I'm, see I think what they're, in, they're talking about is obviously children who are starting school young four and five year olds yeah. six year olds I don't think we're talking about 15 or 16 year olds here yeah, you but know. I'm just talking, like, I've been in relation to talking to, like, we say, like, first, second, and third or fourth class. Yeah, we're talking so about five-year-olds here, you know what I mean? Because yeah, there, there's yeah, a huge increase in obesity in five and six-year-olds. That's the, That goes on, that carries on throughout their life. It does, it does carry on throughout their lives. But you see, like, there is, like, it's like the iceberg. You'll only see what's on the surface. You'll never see what's underneath. Yeah, but they know, don't like, know. I mean, a five-year-old doesn't know why you're weighing them. They, they, well, they don't. They, they don't really know about obesity, or they don't know about heart conditions, or diabetes, or any of those other things that can be affected. But you know the health uh, problems that you might have by being overweight. They don't know those things. So you're just weighing them, keeping an eye on them, and getting them on the right track, and and assisting and helping parents to do that. Nobody's saying you do this with an iron fist. I'm not suggesting for a minute yeah. social services run and start taking children off people. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's certainly would never be the case. Sorry. Sorry. If they if no, they go do ahead. want to do like something like that, and like personally, like they should be a dietitian come into the school and talk to the children. You know about I know they've all this pyramid stuff going on at the school and healthy eating all that, but like it would be no harm for a dietitian to come into the school and make life of it and like maybe some athlete or something like Dervil O'Rourke or someone. You know that could come in and just say, look, this is 
this would be good for you and get out there and be more active and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, and, and by the way, that to... that would be complementary to what she's talking about. There would be no harm in having a dietitian coming in and talking about the yeah. best foods and the healthiest yeah. foods to eat, etc., etc., and yeah. leading a good lifestyle, exercise, all the, the things that are important for children. But I, I don't see why everybody's getting so upset about it. Well, like, I, no, I'm not getting, like, upset, sorry, no, man. I'm not no, getting upset about it. I just feel that, like, you know, the children, like, like they've been through so much. And, like, even the last couple of months there now with the pandemic, they've all been fantastic. And, you know, they've coped so, so well. Mm-hmm. But, like, this now, like, if this, if this comes in, like... There is a kind of a stigma about hopping up in the scales. Like, I'm 55 years of age. I dread going on the scales. You know I can't I mean? remember the last time I stood on the scales, to be honest with you. you know but I mean? I'm pretty sure I'm 12 stone. I've been 12 stone most of my life. Look at you. Look at <laughs> well, you. Let's, let's stay there, both of you, for a second. Let me go to Carol as well. Speaking of the well, stigma hi. of stepping on the scales, uh, Carol, you're an Ireland's classic kid, so well, you. Hi, Niall. How are you? Now, I remember being weighed when I was young at school, and it was done in front of the entire class. Right. And there was always this, you know, twittering and giggling and pointing. And then, of course, when you went out into the schoolyard, you know, the name calling and everything. And it does. But why, yeah, but why, would you, why would they, I mean, what they did was wrong in your case. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm if, not, they were, if they were doing a program like this, they would call kids out of the class individually, yeah. one by one. And I mean, every child, yeah. not just selecting children, out of the yeah. class. And it would be a full health check over. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, yeah. stand them up, I have a look at their that. teeth and yeah. things like that. I mean, I'm not saying they're horses, but but it's a full check over just to make sure that, you know, the child is OK. I mean, I just yeah. think that the school has a responsibility as well. If some, oh, yeah. Because there are parents the who neglect their children. Yeah, it's all the way it's done, Niall. And I mean, I, yeah. I think what the lady there mentioned the dietitian at one stage. If you start young with children, um, you know, and encouraging them. I mean, there was always, a, uh, I used to remember with PE, for instance, you'd always find a way out of the PE. Well, they they had it in such a way that they targeted or included everyone in the PE, no matter what size you were. There was always something, you know. Something you could do, uh, yeah. Yeah. And also, now, it wasn't as great when I was young, but nowadays there's a whole host of kind of extracurricular activities that are associated with schools. That you have the choice to do a sport that you were interested in, regardless of whether it was hockey, track running, tennis, football, rugby, whatever, you know, that you always had, you did something, you know, and people were, or... or students, but would you, would you, know, you have a, would you have an issue with a national programme whereby they're checking children's height, weight? Would you, would you have an it, issue with that? Personally, If it was no, done no, properly, I, if it was done properly. It, if it was done properly, yes, yes. I would agree. But how it's done, and of course, you know, I'm, I'm not standing for a sentence suggesting for a minute. You know, it's all down to the school hall, and there's a weighing scale there, and all you all pop up on it one by one, and everybody's looking at each other. No, you take the children out of the class one by one. They wait, yeah. you know, in a, in, a, in the corridor, and they're lena, and in they go and and get weighed, get their height checked, you know, and a few questions: Are you feeling okay? How do you feel? Do you feel, you know, do you ever feel sick? But you know, just a few health questions. Grant, off you go. Next, please. And yeah, so it happens that, to everybody. You're not possible. picking and selecting people. Yeah, but made made it done as well, like it, that it isn't a bad thing because we, I always remember when the nurse was coming and you'd be going, oh, good God, oh, this yeah, again. <laughs> because what she would do is there would be always someone in the class who was the perfect size and the perfect, and she'd be all, oh, well, aren't you great now? You know, so-and-so and you look fabulous. And 
and uh, of course you'd be standing three down going oh good god what's she going to say when she gets to me if, you know? if I remember rightly when I was in school you'd probably laugh I'm 57 now and when I was in school um, from what I remember we used to go down to the school hall and we had to strip off to our underwear yeah and we and, and we were all standing there freezing in your vest and your underwear. And we yeah, had but to then stand she'd make scales. you bend over and show your back and all the same thing. That's right, yeah. yeah they check the curvature of your back. Yeah. yeah. Oh I mean, my god. They don't do anything don't like that anymore. Actually, no. the worst the worst I ever had, by the way, was uh, I went to the FCA to join the FCA when I was I was meant to be sixteen, but I was only fifteen. And they did this health check where they weighed it and all that kind of stuff in your underwear and everything. Yeah. But then the nurse. <laughs> came around and she went one by one down this line of lads in their underwear told everyone to pull down their pants oh, and she no. put her hand on your gadget and she'd say cough oh, cough oh no <laughs> they no, were tested no. <laughs> they'd check you for a hernia <laughs> oh you're joking me I swear no 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 absolutely um, yeah, yeah. We, we always just hoped she was good looking but she never was okay. <laughs> never worked out never no. the way it never did well okay we'll stay there all of you let me just go to Edward as well on this as well if I can finally Edward hi Edward uh, good evening good evening to you now Edward you're all about health I've spoken to you before you're all into healthy eating and keeping your body in good shape and eating the right things and that starts at a young age Ava Orsman is suggesting a national programme of measurement programme, as they do in some other countries, by the way. Do you see anything wrong with this? Oh, absolutely. I think to, um, to focus on kids at such an early age can have a severe effect. Okay. So to weigh my kid at five or ten, I, I think there could be consequences with that. What sort of consequences? Okay, so you weigh me and I'm, say, eight stone or whatever the weight is. And everybody else is uh, five stone. Yeah, but I'm not. Yeah, but I'm not going to tell you what you are. Well, you know, I'm, I'm just writing it down, and I, I, and we're just keeping a note of it and sending it out to every parent, not just selecting parents, and saying, you know, here's the average BMI for a child of your age. Here's what your child is. And by the way, please find enclosed in this welcome pack, you know, uh, things of healthy eating and what they should be eating and shouldn't be eating. That's it. Just to inform parents, let them know. But Niall, I think we've got to look at the, the whole picture here. The fact is that you weigh me and weigh you, and I'm obese and you're not. That weighing has a completely different effect on my brain than it does on, on yours. Mm-hmm. So if we start to talk about alcohol and um, addictions, and your daddy's an alcoholic and mine's not, that conversation has a bigger effect on your brain than it does on mine. But we're not talking about you at 20 or 30. We're talking about you when you're five, six or seven. If they really want to address the issue, and I've listened to so many people on radios and, and, and on RTE that really only, only want one narrative. The problem here is that it's the food we allow them to eat. It's those sugar shops. Every supermarket in Ireland and maybe in Europe, it's just a sugar shop. If wives growing up, it was a vegetable store. It was a... a, a yeah, yeah, the bread man a, used to go around with the bread yeah, door to door. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I know, a bar of chocolate was a treat. I remember. But, but Niall, Niall, the consequence, if I smoke, I pay bigger insurance. Mm-hmm. If I drink alcohol a lot, I become addicted. If I eat a lot of processed food and you say, oh, I'm into health. Yeah, I'm a lifestyle pharmacist. But what I'm actually not into is I'm not into the massive amount of muscles or exercise because you can run yourself into the ground from too much exercise. But you cannot run yourself into the ground 
from eating too much healthy food. So if obesity is a massive risk factor for, as we know, COVID, the biggest link to problems with COVID-19 is obesity. That's it. And I've met people who've lost parts of their feet because of COVID-19. But it's, yes, we can blame COVID-19, but it's the elephant in the room here, the fact is that this, and I'm saying this with respect to them, is that these guys think that they can get away with eating all that shit sugar from that sugar shop that they go to once a week, walk past the, the vegetables and the fruits and the nuts. Like I spoke to a lady the other day who'd never ate a walnut. Never. Mm. But, but she knows what an after-dinner eat is or those chocolate, whatever they're called. There's something seriously wrong. And what's wrong here is the sugar addiction. As you know, sugar is a pleasure hormone. It secretes that dopamine. And we become so addicted to it, we actually don't see our shape changing. And the fact is that we need to look at what kids are eating, but not from what they're getting at school, what's actually on the shelves. And the reason why we won't target that is because there's too much lula in it. I mean, well, I, well, I, know a second. I mean, Marion, Margaret, Carol, you can't disagree with anything Eddie has said. No, no. I, absolutely I'm, not. Not a thing. I'm no. Well, and so what, when we look at children, and hang on for a second, Eddie, there, and we look at the big problem we have, particularly in Ireland, at childhood obesity, which is going to lead to a generation of children in hospital with diabetes, heart problems, liver problems, all sorts of problems when they get older. How do we address what Eddie has just said? And, and any one of you can answer this question. When we've got takeaways beside every school, where we've got, you know, the likes of these pizza parlours, Uber Eat, you know, all the um, whatever, Just Eat, these things booming when business, because I've never seen so much business for these people going around delivering uh, fast food. Uh, you've got every supermarket is littered with food with sugar in it. Even cheese, things that are meant to be healthy, have sugar in them because they put these fancy cheeses out for children, the strings and all this kind of stuff with sugar in them. Everything is riddled with sugars. How do we solve that problem? If anybody wants to address the table, they're far away. No, educating them, I think, when they're young. I I don't know which one of the ladies there mentioned, you know, a dietitian. And you know the way nowadays they would have, say, a special needs teacher to help or something. As part of the curriculum, introducing this in primary schools might be one way of doing it and just explaining to kids and getting them to help each other rather than pitting them against each other going, right, well, you're a thin child and you're a larger child and you're, you know, not to look at each other like that, but just to see each other as humans and this is how what you put into your body affects you. And it does, like, I mean, I know myself, I was heavier than I am now. But are we stupid as parents? Because... No, because I, I, because I, when I grew up, it was a big deal on a Friday for my father to bring home five bars of chocolate, and we all had a choice of one. Right, that yeah. was a big deal. Nowadays, I'll buy a bar of chocolate every day, um, and my well, kids. Well, I don't know what they're eating now because they're older now, and I tend not to know what they're eating anymore. But yeah. but they're all over twenties. But they, you know, they had chocolate probably too much, way too much, and you you would imagine that because I grew up eating the right type of food. Uh, my father or mother would force me to eat healthy food, even though I hated it. Uh, they would force yeah. me to eat spinach and greens and all sorts of things. And I actually hate all that stuff now. But but they forced me to eat a good, healthy diet. Well, see, but, back when I was young, they didn't. My parents didn't have the money to be buying. But, they, no, but, but, but a healthy no, but diet. Who did? 
But uh, but, Sorry, but I, I mean, I, I, you, I, you jump in there. A healthy diet doesn't cost much, I imagine. Well, hold on, no. hold on a minute, hold on a minute. So I, I have, I, I have, uh, um, there's nine in our family. We never did without, but we made, and we, and I still do this to this day. When we have a chicken on a Sunday, we always make uh, um, chicken broth soup for the Monday, Tuesday, or whenever we want it. To turn around and say, I can, we had chili con carne tonight. I made it myself with a guacamole. I'd say the whole thing cost me less than a tenner, and we fed four. And it was completely healthy. And in fact, the nutritional punch, this is the problem that people fail to appreciate, is that the sugar secretes a huge amount of these pleasure hormones. Those pleasure hormones rise, which lower your contentment hormone. So then suddenly, you're no longer content. You say, oh, hell with this. I'm the downer to have that lovely bar, bar that I just know loves me. Well, in fact, it doesn't love <laughs> you know, Niall, yeah, can, sorry. I, can, I, say, can yeah. I say something? I think what's wrong is there's too much emphasis on slimming clubs, weighing scales. There's not, yeah. an inf- there's no, there's not enough emphasis on good, healthy food. Like, you know, they'd be on there, like, um, I've gone to slimming clubs and they were saying about avocados. Like somebody said, the only way you should have that is on your face. <laughs> it's a very good, healthy fat. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's, well, like, that's it's what I'm just, saying. Why, why, by the way, what's the, can I, somebody ask me, the what's the story with avocados nowadays? Why, are they, oh, why right. have they become so popular? Well, well see, they were all there. Yeah, Eddie, why are people eating avocados all of a sudden? Is it just a trendy well, thing to do? This, there is this consequence of, you know, I'm great eating avocados, but we <laughs> do eat a lot of avocados. But let's look at, you know, the greens that contain magnesium, that contain good fats, that contain potassium. Look, for God's sake, if it's healthy, Eat it. Okay, do me a favour. Eddie, Eddie, do me a favour. I have to go to a break, okay? But I want you to stay there, Eddie, because I've got to come back to you after the break. Thank you very much to the ladies, by the way, who got involved in that conversation. Now, Edward, if you met me, you'd hate me. And I know that. Why? If you saw me eating, Edward, I drink two to three cans of Red Bull a day. I have four sugars in my tea. Um, and I would drink maybe three or four cups, maybe more of tea a day. I would probably eat a bar of chocolate a day. And I eat takeaways when it's inconvenient for me to have time to cook. Okay, so so what are the consequences of doing that? I know what the consequences are. It's unhealthy okay, so, eating, so Edward. I'm well aware of it. Diabetes not, is the consequence. No, no, oh, that, that's the least of your worries. So what you're telling me is you're here for a good time, a <laughs> long time. Yeah, well, it's kind of. No, I, I know, no, I, Edward. By the way, I know I'm wrong, and I know I need to cop the hell on. Well, if you come down to me for a week, I'd show you not only how to eat, how to cook, how to eat. No, I'm a good cook the co- at the oh, weekends. No, 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 Edward, at the weekends, when, I, when I'm off, I do cook good food. Well, hold on. So you think that by doing that 5-2 rule, that you, like, this is a wee bit like, I had a guy that came to me who was a, an athlete, and an incredible athlete. This guy has a figure that I could only dream of. Like he's six foot, well, whatever, he's a perfect figure. I'm only a small, five foot nine, blah, blah, blah. But he was saying, I can eat what I want because I can exercise it off. How wrong that guy was. Because he thought he could do it until I showed him what benefit there would be in his exercise for him to change what he's eating. So let me just give you an example of what your Red Bull and all that sugar's doing to you. First and foremost, it's actually lowering one of the most important hormones in your body, and it's called vitamin D. 
is causing a severe amount of hassle to the lining of your arteries with consequences for things like blood pressure, heart disease, never mind about the one that you, everybody wants to talk about, which is diabetes. It's also going to ruin your bone density issues. It has massive implications for your liver. It has massive implications for your gut bacteria. And well, your brain, well, we can tell, Niall, you're a little bit excitable. How <laughs> much sugar makes you more a wee bit ADHD than actually balanced? And if you ever want to read a book, and I'm not a reader, but I, 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 I scanned through this one, uh, through this one, and it's called... Um, it's called Zebras Don't Get Stomach Ulcers. And what it's trying to say to people or to, to zebras or whoever wants to read it, it's saying that stress is a massive consequence for ill health. And where does that stress and sugar come together? When you hit that bottle of whatever it is you're drinking now and you throw it into your body, Black pool illuminations go off in your brain. And there's a consequence which is severe negative to your ill health. Okay, can I read a text out to you? Somebody says, far too much soft-hearted hand-wringing here. People are prepared to definite, uh, uh, definitely damage a child's physical health at the cost of hurting their feelings. Feelings which will be hurt anyway because older children aren't chastised as easily. This checkup can be done sensitively. You don't show children uh, the weight. Focus on the height number, a height number, and they'll chat about that. Uh, well, stay there, Eddie. Let me just go to Matt because what you're saying is intriguing, by the way. And, and it, it is, you know, I, 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 when I listen to you on a regular basis, I know I'm doing all the wrong things. I'm well aware of that. Uh, Matt, you're an Ireland's classic kid. How you doing, Matt? How's it going now? Are you well? Good. Matt, getting back to the original question, just finally, because I, I need to move on to our COVID topic, but uh, do you think it's a bad idea to have some sort of national measurement programme? Um, well, I suppose if, if I was to say, like, you know, at the minute we can see that there's government are spending money willy-nilly on, on health and everybody seems so concerned about it at the minute. So I suppose uh, maybe not when in general, but like, Given meal plans, diet plans, and trying to promote healthy eating and exercise could be a good idea to try and relieve the strain off the health service. Mm-hmm. So you, you proactively get there in the beginning. So then you're not concerned about being the HSE being overwhelmed. Um, maybe weighing them on a daily basis, not a good idea, but like. No, it wouldn't, like, I wouldn't, nobody would suggest it on a daily basis, but when your child starts school at five years of age. Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose, like, maybe five is a bit young, like, you know, especially to, to start off. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, my personal preference, most people probably know what this stage is like, is, I mean, promoting healthiness and, like, maybe to monitor their weight, have conversations with the parents is a better form of trying to make people in Ireland, especially a healthier society, than to mask them up yeah. and to uh, force them to go through school all day long, uh, be away from their, their, their fellow classmates and socially distance and all these sort of things. Like So, I mean, if everybody's so concerned about the health of the, the country at this point, yeah. then I don't see why it should be such a, uh, a topic that people don't really want to discuss because, like, let's be honest, we've all been kids. Yeah, I mean, Edward, yeah, I'd say with the greatest respect, you know, about upsetting children, and I don't think you'll upset children if you did it properly, I mean, we don't seem to care that we're asking children in secondary school at 12 years of age to wear a mask all day. 
um, and well, and because because it's in the interest of public health. So why not ask them to to take their measurements in the interest of public health? Well, hold on, hold on. Exactly. Hold on. So you're that's, that's the point, you're that's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. Um, it's it's not. It's, I know. Okay, children might have their feelings hurt, like, but in mm. the long run, it'll do them well. Okay, sorry, Edward. You can respond to that, Edward. Exactly. Well, well, okay. I, I I think it's personally. I think it's wrong. I think it's sending out the wrong signals. But I do think that maybe there should be people going in and telling the hard facts about what these these foods really do to your body. And you're talking about going on to COVID. Sugar lowers your vitamin D levels. Fact. Vitamin D is for your immune system. Yeah, I know. I understand that. Yeah. So, but 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 why is it? And why are we recommending a thousand units of vitamin D every day? So that's an abs- That's like asking me to go out and get drunk on a glass. No, of I'm not, by the way, Edward, I'm not disagreeing with anything you said in relation to sugars. I know I'm an un- unhealthy eater. I'm well aware of that. But but and, and I've admitted it to you. Uh, and I also smoke too. By the way, I don't drink alcohol, but I do smoke. But in saying that, I, I'm, but the point I'm making to you is that the texter and Matt has made the point about, you know, this idea that we're hurting children's feelings by just, you know, weighing them, measuring them, and just sending that information home to parents, not in any derogatory manner, or not trying to shame children. We would do it individually to each child, not all lying them up in front of each other to try to shame anybody as a part of a national programme. And you're saying you've an issue with that, but you don't have an issue with asking a 12-year-old to wear a mask all day in school. Uh, No, I do. I do. What I'm saying is I do not believe when I've looked at the science, I'm not so sure those masks do anything. But I think the 12-year-old has a a far better chance to understand. But but, but if I did a topic on that tomorrow, would you be on the air giving out about masks for 12-year-olds in schools? No, no. uh, Well, have you ever worn a mask for nine hours? No, I wouldn't. Uh, No. Right, well, well, have you ever tried to nail? I wear it for 10 minutes going into a shop and my glasses are steaming up and I can hardly breathe. And you're expecting a 12-year-old to wear it? Shame on you. Fucking excuse my French here. I, I what? Think what? What? what, what hey, Eddie, relax there a second. Right? What are you saying? I'm, I'm expecting a 12-year-old to wear it. I'm not. I wouldn't want a 12-year-old to wear it personally. Well, well, I'm only telling you that, and all these doctors get on, it doesn't lower your oxygen, and it doesn't raise your oh, I, mean, I don't. I don't know all the evidence around that. All I do uh, know evidence. all I do know was there was evidence before COVID came along that wearing them made little or no difference. The only evidence we have now is observational evidence, right? And by the way, I'm not getting into an anti-mask or mask debate tonight, but all I'm saying is I'm, I'm making a point that we would say that it's okay for a 12-year-old to wear a mask in school in the interest of public health, but yet we won't approve a programme, a national programme, to weigh and measure a child. I, I don't know where we're going with that. If, if all of a sudden it's okay to do that, but it's not okay to do that. What, 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 but hold on, Niall. Weigh everybody, I'm saying. No, weigh well, everybody, not just the children. Ah, well, Jay, you're over 18. It's your own responsibility. With great respect, Edward. If you, if you don't have the wherewithal over the age of 18 to look after yourself, we're not, we can't be looking after you when you're over 18. Niall, and I don't want to throw a spanner in your works. Your BMI thing is not as healthy as you think it is. Sorry, say that again. So your BMI thing, this body mass index, it's just not as healthy as what people think it is. No, no, I, I, I'm aware of that. And I do believe that guideline is probably very strict as well, the BMI guideline. I think, you know, I, I'm all for thinking that people can be all different shapes and sizes and still be reasonably healthy. Well, if obesity was the biggest risk factor for COVID-19, what are we going to do October, November, December next this year? Well, we have to get back to doing what we were doing first. But first, we, then we have to start educating people on eating healthy. Edward! Thank you very much. That, I have to wrap it up. Go on, what? One last point. Yeah. It's a missed opportunity. We should have been doing this 
18 months ago. It's disgraceful. And I pushed this to the government. We need a minister for vitamin D. And I know that's very specific. By the way, but but Edward, you're right. At the very start of this pandemic, we should have been giving out free vitamin D and C, by the way, as well. And it's only more recently that the British government and the Irish government have suggested that, by the way. Well, at what dose? A thousand units? Well, I, don't, I don't know. You I don't should, know the dosages. Hold on. You should not take vitamin D on its own. You should take it with K2. You should take it with magnesium. Most people don't know this. It's disgraceful. It's, it's Are those, not- you know those tablets, the multivitamin tablets that you get like for 50 quid in a bottle of 30, 30 or something? There's yeah. different ones out there. I don't want to name brand names on the air. But Whatever. Are they good for you? Well, well, a lot of them contain preservatives. I don't take preservatives. They contain emulsifiers, taking agents or anti-taking agents, bulking agents. Not a hope. Not a hope would I allow that to go into my system. <laughs> I wasn't well 14 or 15 years ago. I saw the problems and the holes, and I decided to change, and I eat better, and I take supplements that have nothing added except the active ingredient. No preservatives. And no what's, what, what sort of supplements are they? Well, which, let me tell you, I'm a lifestyle pharmacist. Lifestylepharmacist.ie, Vitamunda. Go research, look them up to see exactly the purity of your product. And if you've got a brand that can stand exactly toe-to-toe with Vitamunda, you've got a good brand, but I'm not so sure. In okay, lifestylepharmacist.ie. Lifestylepharmacist.ie. Oh, well, look, okay. Eddie, I have to be honest. Ed, sorry, Edward. I do apologize for calling you Eddie. Edward, I have to be honest that you are very passionate about what, how you believe, what you believe in. I don't necessarily agree with everything you say, but I agree. You probably know a lot more about it than I do. So I am, you're very passionate about it. So I encourage people to go to your website and have a look because I'm sure you're, you will send people in the right direction. So lifestylepharmacist.ie. Thank you, Edward. Nail, nail. One last thing. It's not about the narrative. It's about your body, if you don't feel better taking something, stop it. Make a change. Because doing the same thing over and over again, we know that's called being insane. Yeah, I know. The Irish government do it every single day. All right, listen, thank you very much indeed, Edward. I really appreciate it. Now, let me get back to what we were talking about earlier on, COVID-19. Now, the government have agreed to extend a series of emergency COVID-19 powers to Angarda Shinokana that were due to expire next month. They've extended them now till November. Well, end of November, probably closer to Christmas. The move does not impact the government's ongoing efforts to gradually remove public health restrictions, but gives the ministers discretion to reimpose measurements uh, and enforce them if deemed necessary. Health Minister Stephen Donnelly got approval from ministers to extend the laws because I don't know whether you know this or not. The legislation that's being used currently for the Garda Shinokana to stop you from going outside your area for you know, not following the guidelines. It's emergency legislation, so it has what they call a sunset clause. That means they can only it'll only last for a maximum of six months. It has to keep being reapproved all the time, um, and the legislation is now being reapproved again to government to, by the government till uh, well Christmas, realistically. So. <clears throat> Anyway, the Health Minister Stephen Donnelly got approval from the ministers to extend the laws which underpin many of the extraordinary powers given to the state authorities over the last year to enforce public health measures. measures. These include, of course, fines for not wearing face masks and holding large gatherings, as well as additional guard powers to enforce public health restrictions, such as stay-at-home orders or restrictions, and basically the police state that we're living in at the moment. And mandatory hotel quarantine will also be extended under the plans of, uh, approved by Cabinet. So in one day, we have heard that the aviation industry is falling apart at the seams, and the same day, the government approve to extend extend the mandatory hotel quarantine where most other countries are now trying to get rid of it. Actually, Ireland has the strictest mandatory hotel quarantine in Europe. Um, And we're going to destroy the aviation industry. But do we care? No, we don't. 
Uh, also, it has been revealed today that in the last report on the performance of the Garda Shea during the pandemic, that 18 to 25-year-olds have received more than half of the COVID-19 fines given out by the policing authority. And the age group are responsible for 53% of all fixed-charge notices, including or issued for COVID-19 regulation breaches. And Bob Collins of the Policing Authority chairperson said the figures prompt the Guardian to give detailed considerations to the impact policing is having on young people and that the, these particular figures are disproportionate. In other words, the Guardian seem to be a little bit more heavy-handed when it comes to young people and giving out those fines. Now, tonight I want to know, do you have faith in the Irish government? It's clear that they're going to continue this carry-on uh, probably till Christmas, at least. And many will say, yes, it's warranted, but others will say, no, it's not warranted. Get rid of it. My feeling is that those powers should not be extended. They should end this month. Because at this stage, I believe the majority of people in this country who want to be vaccinated have been vaccinated. Those who are at risk, the risk category groups. Because we all know the scientific evidence and data clearly shows that under the age of 60, this is not a very dangerous virus. The vast majority of people who get it will not have hospital, will not go to hospital, will not end up in ICU, will certainly not die. Sadly, over the age of 65, it's a little bit more dangerous. There's no doubt about that. That is the cohort of people, sadly, who've lost their lives uh, during this pandemic. Some people under the age of 60 did, but if you go before COVID, people under the age of 60 died randomly. I remember a mate of mine, 35 years of age, died of pneumonia about five years ago. Perfectly healthy person. That can happen to people. Sadly, viruses do things like that. But it's of no more risk than any other virus under the age of 60. Over the age of 65, 70, yes, it becomes more of a risk. All those people have now got their, at least their first jab. Most have had their second jab. I got my first vaccine today, by the way, just to mention, in case people are wondering. Um, I got it this morning at half past nine. And I'm perfectly fine. Uh, let me go to James. James, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, James? How's it going, man? How's it going, James? <laughs> Did you get your vaccination yet, James? No, you wouldn't. You're a child. Why would you get your vaccination? <laughs> <laughs> you don't need it. They don't vaccinate children. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I know it's, it's only the old folks as well. <laughs> yeah, thanks, James. <laughs> James, it, w- were they right to extend the powers? No. I think it's going to be very difficult to get these emergency legislations out. To be perfectly honest, I think there's going to be a constant roll of excuses. Mm-hmm. Never-ending roll of excuses. And then with the new variants coming in, they're already starting to soften up the population with the Indian variation. This variation, that variation. And the, the vaccines weren't designed for these new mutations. So there's literally going to be a large outbreak again once people start to go and mingle amongst each other. International travel kicks back in and we're going to be back in lockdown. It's inevitable. It's going to roll into 2024 now. Personally, I believe. Personally, so you, believe. you believe this is never ending, a never ending cycle? It, I, Until it, we stop testing people. I can't see the roadmap out of this now. We've tried the same thing three times over, it's failed, and here they are talking about, all right, well, we'll keep the legislation in for a fourth time, just in case. To be sure, to be sure. Yeah, to be sure, to be sure, for the fourth time. You know, it didn't work three times, but the fourth, ah, sure, why not? You know, another six months. But But, but can they keep, I mean, I don't want to live in a country that keeps doing this. When we look at, say, for example, the United States, and many, most states now in America have listed, have lifted mandatory mask wearing, and they've lifted uh, all these restrictions. Most states actually haven't had lockdowns since last year. And yet, they don't seem to have the problems we're having. No. No, to be perfectly honest, I'm fed up. I'm genuinely fed up at this stage. No, I'm going. I'm I'm getting out of here. And I'm publicly saying that I'm not staying in this country much longer if this is to carry on if we're going to be carrying on like this and we can't deal with something 
like this. I just this is not the place I want to live. I don't want to live in some sort of dictatorship. Yeah, well, see, no, that's the problem. We allow the dictatorship to set the precedence of the reaction to this China. And then because they went into mandatory lockdowns and quite brutal lockdowns, it sort of... Yeah, for set, a month. Yeah, for a month. But it sort of set the precedent that, all right, this is what you do. And then it was all the... Well, but do you believe a word that comes out of China's mouth? I personally no, don't. don't. So no, a population don't. of what? One point, whatever it is, billion people. And mm-hmm. they're trying to claim that only 3,000 3, people died. No, 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 the whole state, the whole China. More people state. fell off, fall, fall, probably fell, died falling off donkeys that year in China. In China, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Look, that that doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, look, now, the whole, the CPC party are just literally a propaganda machine. They believe in nothing they say, nothing, literally. And uh, all the scare tactics that they, like, literally, no, they were sent, there was videos going out with China and all the people dropping dead. On the street? On the street. Which was, it, it, it clearly never happened, by the way. And and again, by the way, this was done three weeks ago again, when uh, India obviously had an increase in cases. There was pictures in the New York Post. and It was funny on one hand, but devastating to watch on the other hand, that they showed a picture of uh, people dying on the streets and this woman on the street and loads of people around her until somebody pointed out, my God, COVID must be disastrous in India because people are dying twice. Did this woman not already die last year? And they put a photograph, photograph up from last year. If the same woman died, she died of a gas explosion. And it was the same woman on the ground. It was the same photograph. The New York Post had to apologise and remove the photograph. Look, no, the, the media have been absolutely pathetic. Like, apparently this is the New York Post. You would imagine they would have some sort of credibility, wouldn't you? I don't trust any of them anymore. No. I just honestly don't. CNN, the New York Post. But what does it just show? Doesn't it show you how the media are operating? When the New York Post turned around and said, "Right, there's a story. People are dying in the streets. Get me a picture of somebody dead in the street quickly in India. Quickly, quickly. Oh, there's one there. That's an Elstad photograph. Use that. They should. They'll never know. Stick that one on the front page there. Mm-hmm. Of a woman mm-hmm. who had already died a year ago on the no, street. No, no. It was a gas leak. I think she died. Yeah, but you see. See, no, but I think these people got used to, you know, short-term public memories, where now we have, like like you said, the internet. So the public memory stretches much further back because it's literal records. Years You go back 10, 20 years ago, it was paper records. Nobody kept papers from the years previous, two years previous. You know, and they've completely discredited themselves throughout this whole pandemic. Just a constant fear point. Never just given the factual evidence or data. Somebody, you know, just, somebody just texted in and said, are you a COVID denier? Look, see, this is what you... Yeah, see, yeah. Are, are you this is what you're up against. This is what yeah. you're up against. Yeah. Just yeah. because you want to state facts and you want to talk about the actual fact, you get called a COVID denier. I'm not a COVID. Of course it's a virus. Of course it kills people. I'm not stupid. Oh, yeah. The tiny, the tiny bit sceptical of taking a new vaccine that was brought in with emergency legislation, you're an anti-vaxxer. Even though you could have got every single vaccine for your children up to date. Yeah, no, no, don't get me wrong. I went there this morning and got my vaccination. But as I'm standing in the queue, genuinely, I was thinking to myself, would I be getting this if I didn't feel some sort of pressure from the state that if I don't get it, I'm not going on a plane or I'm not going to be holidays? And I, to be honest with you, would I, I probably wouldn't have bothered me arse getting it. I've never got a flu vaccine, so I probably wouldn't have. But in saying that, I did, I did. And, I, and by the way, I don't regret doing it either. I don't think it's going to kill me. I'm not yeah, going to grow an extra limb or something like that. Yeah, but you see, no, you didn't make the decision on health grounds. You done it on freedom grounds because you want your freedom back. Mm. You're just willing to comply. Yeah. And fair play, that's your choice. It's your health. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, know, I don't, and I don't regret mm-hmm. you. And I don't, and by the way, again, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I don't think my leg is going to fall off or I'm going to grow no, with no. six fingers or something like that. Mm. And I feel perfectly fine, by the way. Yeah. I had, I've had I'll touch wood, no yeah. symptoms. 
Yeah, I've heard possibly the next day some people feel a bit more oh, for, for a day or two. A couple of people I've worked with, you know. Well, if I'm on him tomorrow at 5 o'clock, you know why. You know why. <laughs> Stay there for a second. Dermot, you're an Ireland's classic kids. How are you doing, Dermot? Good evening. Now, Dermot, there's a man that bounces from one side to the other, but go on anyway. Fuck off, would you? Come here, let's tell you. I'm going to answer that with this. I hope to God you grow a third leg. And that is have for all. Now, the opening gambit of this is, I um, have always been, and I'll never deviate from this, and you're talking about China, would you trust China? I will never, ever not believe that this virus was a bit like the way if they can hack computers around the world and they can disable computers in countries all over the world. I am 100% sure that China, that this was a man-made virus and this was set out that this was set out to destroy the economy. Well, no, the but nobody, well nobody actually knows that. That is open to no, question. It's I, been I, investigated I'm, I'm, by the FBI as well as to whether it was man made We'll we never know. What's going on in China and what goes on in Russia and the likes of, well, not so much North Korea because they're piss poor, but the Chinese and the Russian are the two most dangerous states on earth uh, at this time. And nothing but nothing would be, would be beyond these guys to gain power. And one of the greatest, uh, the greatest um, benefactors in the last 12 to 14 months has been China. This thing kicked off. Their economy hasn't been hit, and they are making money hand over fist on their mm-hmm. simple as. Now, when you want to talk about the Irish government and these powers that... that, that uh, Have just been extended to November, yeah? Yeah, well, my theory on this is the reason they did it was because if come June the 9th they relinquish all of these these um, powers that they have, it took so long to get them up and running and they had to vote and they had to do this and that and the other, that if, if anything slightly deviates after June the 9th and they don't have the powers, they, they're going to have to start all over again. I don't think these powers are going to make any difference to the reopening or to the moving forward with... with James thinks they are. I don't think so because the vaccination... Like, in fairness to James, James says, well, this is our third or fourth attempt at it. This is the first... This is the first. Why Why have we still got... If the vaccinations work, which the government claim they do... Don't they are. And, 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 okay, they are working. That's great. Wonderful, right? Why are yep. we still doing what we're doing? Why are we still drawing circles on the ground in Bray, for example? Why are we doing all these things? If the vaccine... Because at this stage, the majority of people who are in the vulnerable category, well, actually, all of the people in the vulnerable category have all got at least the first vaccination, if not mostly they got all got the second one. Just, just, so just, why? Just, why? Just, just for one second, what do to you mean? To be sure, to be sure. I missed, I missed this. What's the circles on the ground in Bray? Ah, Jesus. They, in, the, in, the par, in the park in Bray, they've drawn circles on the ground two, on the seafront there, two metres apart. If people want to sit down and have a picnic, so you're all two metres apart. And when did they put them in? Were they put in uh, like months so, ago? I know, two or two weeks ago, I think. Well, but I, I think, the, I think I the rain has washed it away anyway. But it well, yeah, like... absolutely. I wouldn't get too, too fixated. And no, but like what, I, no, what I'm saying is, why are we still carrying on like this if indeed, uh, unless the government are telling us the vaccines don't work, but if, if the vaccinations work and the majority of people who have been vaccinated are all the, the elderly and the vulnerable and people in care homes who sadly were the people who were losing their lives, the majority of whom are losing their lives, why yep. are we still behaving like the Black Plague is out there? Because it's, not, it's like it's not that we are behaving like it. The government are in in power, and the government they they like the powers that they have that they've had for the last year, and they've managed to to keep a lid on the, the population and the way we're living our lives. Jeez, that sounds like and a dictatorship to me. Yeah. And to be fair, up to the time the vaccines come out, we'd say up to February, March. Okay, you could take it or leave it. We've argued this all year. Did they get it right or wrong? I don't. We never really know. But I think 
my theory is that the, oh, they, they got it wrong. It. You wait, I, you wait till the yeah, inquiry okay. comes. Okay, go I on. don't think I don't think that this um, this extension to November is going to affect life going forward. The, the, the vaccines are, are rolling out day after day after day, and I have a feeling like I'm going. I have Cyprus for September. I'm fucking called to Cyprus by Hugo by Did you get year. your vaccination yet? I did, of course. I got yeah. it about two weeks ago. Mind you, um, you got COVID as well, didn't you? Well, yeah. Well, I said that to you. The vaccinator said to me, I see in your records that you, you have COVID in January and you recovered okay from it. And I said, yeah, perfect. He says, well, you may not need a second job. He says, we let you know in two quarters. Well, technically, according, right. according, to, according to the press that I spoke to, you didn't need one job if you've had it before. But however, that's just... Well, anyway, yeah. So I'm pretty to be sure, to be sure, I suppose. That. I mean, what you're taking... Yeah. What they're doing is taking into consideration the fact that the testing may not have actually given you a proper positive yeah, Exactly. But I, well, okay. I would take, I would take, I would take um, what these fucking idiots were saying tonight about, <laughs> about November the 9th. I would take that with a grain of salt. It's not going to... Okay, well, hi, well, hang on. James, grain of salt, as far as Dermot is concerned, it's not going to make any difference. Or, you know, if they don't they don't have to use the powers, but they're yeah. there, they're available to them just in case they need them. No, well, I say they're going to basically massage us back into a local lockdowns, then a level three, and then back up to level five. Now, I guarantee you, by November... I thought, the, level, I thought, level I thought the levels were all gone. We thought we abandoned all that, carry on. That happened the last time as well, now. Uh, I'm just no, not being naive. To be fair, this is all. Ah, let, no, let, let James finish. Sorry, James. Go ahead. No, at the same time, the exact same kind of narratives each single time. They give us our freedom back, and then slowly the information starts coming out. Cases okay. are rising. We have to go into local lockdowns. Then it's oh, now it's county wide, and then boom, level five. And the next one's going to be. And to be and to be fair, James, the very reason that that all these lockdowns came in, and the reasons they gave. And always give is it's got nothing to do with with with, with uh, going to the pub or not going to the pub or going to the park or whatever. It's hospitals and people. Yeah, the, um, yeah, in, in a country of five million people, there's a hundred people in hospital, and out of that hundred people, I I I'm guessing the vast majority are not in there because of COVID. They just no. happen to be COVID positive. A mm-hmm. hundred people in a population of five million, Dermot. Mm-hmm. But unless, oh. unless, as James is saying about about uh, like there'll be more people in there with diarrhea. We we'll go up. We we'll go back. We we'll could go back into level three and possibly level five. There's no possibility that they can stand up and say, "Well, we have to go to another lockdown. The pubs are not opening and money centres is closing because, 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 because they have to say that the figures in the in the hospitals are seriously rising and then have come back on the, on the horizon again. The vaccinations weren't designed for these new mutations. So once international travel or cross-border travel literally picks up to normal levels. Yeah. Once everybody's vaccinated, we shouldn't be looking at cases. We shouldn't be looking at just hospitalizations and, and death. Not cases. Because according to the experts, you can still get the virus if, you have, if you're vaccinated. It can still spread if you're vaccinated. So we, should, we need to stop well, looking at cases and look at people in hospital. That's what we need to care about. Cases, exactly cases mean nothing anymore. That's like saying loads of people have a case of the cold because essentially we're being vaccinated so we shouldn't have any serious symptoms or side effects. But the elderly who got these vaccinations will be still just as vulnerable to these new variants as they were when COVID. No, they won't, James, because... They even said it themselves. They said that it won't protect you against the Indian variation. They said that like two weeks ago. The vaccinations that you have received, the Pfizer one, etc., they won't protect you against these new mutations. Where did you, where did you hear that? I watched an A few weeks ago, I was sitting in the car on the way home and they were discussing it on a different, sorry, on a different radio station. Dare you. They were talking about it. 
And they said, and I, you know what? And I and I don't believe it, James. I don't believe it because I heard somebody on Sky News or LBC yesterday to saying again that variance was a complete and utter nonsense. That it was just there to control a population and to, and to instill fear in people. That they believe that these variants were no different to other variants, and there is no data or evidence to show that the vaccinations they wouldn't work and that they were any more dangerous. Well, I, I don't. I don't believe so either. I hope they're wrong just as much as you. I really no, okay, well, 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 hang on. Let me just go to Joseph too, because I have to wrap this up. Joseph, you're an Ireland's oh, classic. Kids. Yeah. How are you doing, Joseph? Hi, Niall. How are you? Uh, Joseph, do, um, oh, I know you don't agree oh, with the guard having more power. Well, I mean, uh, we're either we're either free or we're not. Well, we're That's not, are we? Well, yeah, we're not. We're not. Well, I said last night. I said if the government has the power to limit you to five kilometres, they can limit you to one kilometre, half a kilometre, five hundred metres, a metre. Same difference. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a tyrannical state. The guards are out of control. By the way, I'm not anti-guard, right? Uh, I'm not anti-guard. I'm very pro-guard. But um, you know, and I'm listening to people saying, "Well, they're just doing their job." And I've heard guards. I've watched stuff where they've gone in and broke up stuff, and the guards are going, "Oh, we're just doing our job." And again, I'm saying this. If there's any guards listening, I'm not anti-guard, by the way. But uh, that's what the uh, the Nazis said in Germany. I think it's a bit of a stretch compared to the no, Nazis. No, 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 but, no, I, but, no, I, but I do understand no, no. that people using the World War II comparison. I do. No, 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 no. no. Tyranny doesn't start uh, with uh, guys running out and shooting people. It doesn't start like that. Tyranny starts at a crawl first, and then it gets up, and it gets worse every time. Mm-hmm. And it's getting worse. And uh, Sorry. You see, everyone seems to have a short memory here. We were told by a lying scumbag that went up to the microphone and said, just two weeks to flatten the curve. There was never any curve, by the way. And then that lying scumbag went on to say, we'll have levels, but we'll get out of it by the end of the summer. And then that went away and we're into, uh, there was, sorry, was another form of it. Then we're locked down one, two, three, four, five. By the way, have you ever noticed we've never gone into a sec- one or two lockdown. It's only always been three. But every but, but Joseph Joseph, you're talking as if Ireland is 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 the only country in the world that had all this. It, if you look, every country was in the same boat. So it's not it's not conspiracy yeah, theories yeah, on the yeah, Irish government. You should every Google, country had the same. You should you should Google um, the document yeah. lockstep. It's called. They're following lockstep. It's, I've seen. They're following their plans exactly. No, uh, I don't. So so I Joseph think, Joseph, okay. Where do you see uh-huh. Ireland? Uh, James believes we're going to be going back into another vicious circle of lockdowns yes. again. Yes, um, Dermot thinks think we're on the right track that. to some degree. Uh, where do you see Ireland in six months? In uh, in the winter? Yeah. Or we'll be totally locked down again. Lockdown again? Yeah. We're going... What about what about two years' time? We're lockdown again. <laughs> Jesus, Dermot, you can laugh all you want. I wouldn't. I know, I know. If, you, if you had to said it, if you had to said to me last February uh, two thousand twenty that we'd be locked down now, I wouldn't have believed you. I told yep. you last year, Niall, that this was not ending, and I've said it every time I've come on. It's not ending. I think, for my topic word, I it has nothing to do with a virus. I said that. What I, what, what, what I think. Well, hang on one at a time. Sorry, Dermot, go ahead. Yeah, what I think is, is is on the roadmap for the next twelve months to eighteen months, possibly two years, is that where the vaccinations are going to work. I don't unless unless another another serious variant of this virus or a new version of it comes out. And, and we're now, hang, just hang on one sec, hang on one sec. If, 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 unless that happens, and 
we are not protected by the vaccines that we are getting. Well, then, well, then that's a different story. But Okay, just one. I can only hear one at sorry, a time. Yeah, sorry, I, I'll sorry. let you respond, Joseph. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah. Sorry, okay. Sorry, sorry. So I think I think in the next eighteen months, I have a feeling the vaccinations are, are going to work, and that we are going to live with it. It's not going to disappear, and we're going to have to get jabs. But I have, you know, jabs on, on an annual basis. But I can see everything reopening in. By the next, before the end of the year, I have a feeling yeah. everything. Will okay, be. okay, so, Joseph, you go ahead. You think J- Jeremy is fooling himself here? No, I mean, the, uh, I'm sorry. The variants. He mentioned the variants. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, I mean, they can pull any variant out of their ass. Well, how can we know? Because they they are the scientists believe and trust in the science. By the way, these are not vaccines. Okay, these are uh, DNA changes. They go in and change. So one 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 of them actually uh, it puts in the spike protein into your cells. Another one, it uh, gets your. Uh, well, I know, I know people have said this. By definition, they're not actually vaccines. They're not doing. They don't do what vaccines normally do. But what they do do is build up an immune system to reduce the symptoms of the virus. Uh, well, okay. To to explain, the top head, uh, former head scientist of Pfizer, who was Mike who Eden, developed, who developed a pile of vaccines. By the way, he came out and explained it very simply. He said, "Well, he did." He, a guy explained what he was saying. Basically, uh, all of these anti- uh, antibodies, we call them, for this variant of the, the, this virus, right, which I believe mm-hmm. is real, and I've always believed it was real, so I'm not a, I'm not a COVID denier. Any person out there thinking, oh, another COVID virus. No, no, it's a real virus, by the way. So uh, this, all these antibodies will uh, defeat this virus, okay? But there's one small problem here, or big problem. Everybody who's taken these jabs that gets the that will ha- produce these antibodies. These antibodies now will be completely useless against any variant of any of this virus which will come along. And viruses always mutate, but there's another big problem with it. Those antibodies, your body will continue to produce them because you've been genetically modified to produce them now. Well, but people have argued that, and other people have disagreed with that point. But go ahead, yeah. They will block your own um, natural antibodies from actually doing their job because they'll be stronger. Digestion. Well, that, that's according to Mike Eden. And I did listen to what Mike had to say, but then again, you have to understand that Mike is a former, as you said, uh, worker with Pfizer. Yeah. And uh, in saying that, you know, maybe he has an axe to grind. I don't know. Lads, and I'm, I'm not just saying that, Joseph. Maybe he has, maybe he hasn't. All no, right. I, I'm, I, you see, the problem here is, you see, the, the big tyrant media and big tech media. So I'm talking about the propagandists in BBC, RT, all these places who say conspiracy theorists and vaccine deniers and science deniers, right? But you see, the same people will never bring on somebody to, to talk or say their argument. And if they're so weak in their argument, why not bring on their experts and demolish them. Okay, and, and I couldn't agree with you more because impartiality seems to go out the window nowadays, Joseph. Joseph, listen, thank you very much indeed, Dermot and James. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.